0: Blob Talk Radio
1: When you walk through the garden You gotta watch your back Well, I beg your pardon Walk the straight and narrow track If you walk with Jesus He's gonna save your soul You gotta keep the devil Way down in the hole He's got the fire and the fury At his command Well, you don't have to worry
2: If you hold on to Jesus'
1: hand, we'll all be safe from Satan when the thunder rolls. We just gotta keep the devil way down in the hole. About Jesus' mighty sword And they'll shield you with their
2: wings and keep you close to the Lord
1: Don't pay heed to temptation For his hands are so cold You gotta help me keep the devil Way down in the hole The devil
3: I remember America. Sure, you can still find it on a map, but nobody older than 20 thinks this is America. Even if coordinates are the same, we've lost our compass. You don't have a direction without reference, the true north. For America, it was liberty. When we lost the love of liberty, our understanding of liberty, it was just a matter of time before the rest of it was lost. Some think it started when the auto companies were nationalized, or the police state to control the internet, or when certain companies couldn't fail because their relationship with politicians made them too big to fail, and the rest of us, without political influence, were too small to succeed. Sure, that all happened pretty quickly. There were just a couple of years, but liberty had been gradually devolving for decades. Some of the more astute, like Ayn Rand, saw it about 50 years before others. She warned us. But people didn't believe it could happen here, until it did. Laws had been used to loot productive individuals and businesses, but in the new millennium, under Bush, then Obama, graft, corruption, and crony capitalism were no longer hidden behind closed doors. The looters and their laws came out of hiding like rabid animals that were no longer afraid of humans. It was brought into the spotlight, and it was celebrated as enlightened economic policy. Ayn Rand asked the question and Atlas shrugged that the rest of us were asking 60 years later. Which failing financial institution will the administration pluck from the flames of crisis? And which will it let roast? Which market or investment technique will the regulators bless? And which, in a capricious change of rules, will it condemn or outlaw? As John Galt said in his radio address, You decided you had a right to your wages, but we had no right to our profits. You call it selfish and cruel, that men should trade value for value. You've now established an unselfish society where they trade extortion for extortion. People who had never produced or managed anything tried to manage every aspect of our lives, and they brought production to a standstill. And eventually, they decided to micromanage the food supply in the name of fairness and safety. And we all know what happened then. Fiction can be a powerful influence, for good or bad. It's too bad more people didn't read Atlas Shrugged. They might have realized where this was heading.
4: Welcome. Uh, Wow. Uh, Yeah. Okay, here we are. Welcome to another thrilling episode of the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. John Galt. Atlas Shrugged. Many of us read those books or read that book while we were in high school and some in college and we remember what those books were all about and how, how they affected us and what we thought about capitalism and free markets and, and what we thought about our um, labor in terms of what is worth to us and what it is worth to an employer or if we were fortunate enough to start our own businesses. Atlas shrugged didn't stay far from our minds in terms of, of course, it's a fictional novel, but what are we worth? And the next question is, do we or should we live our lives for others? Should we live our lives in the service of of others. Well, the Bible suggests that we should, but in real life, should we live our lives in servitude of others? You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones, and today's date is Monday, October 29th, 2018, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. All right. Now, before we get into today's news, and yesterday's news, and the day before, where every single thing that happened was blamed on Donald Trump. And whether or not democracy is doomed. Is democracy doomed? Well, more than 242 years after the United States was founded. Think about this. Only 37% of Americans are satisfied with the current state of the country. To a recent Gallup poll, of the 61% that are unsatisfied, many believe the social, economic, and cultural issues plaguing the country will lead to its downfall. Yeah. Now, this belief begs the question: How long can democracy last? You asked because I have the answer, as usual. According to Scottish historian Alexander Fraser Tyler, it's a lot of names. Only about two hundred years. So we're we're due. Now he went on to write and I quote a democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government only exist until the voters discover that they can vote themselves larges from the public treasury that means in translation for you folks who didn't attend college or slept through most of it or party through most of it or just playing dumb when the people discover that they can raid the treasury i.e. the federal coffers and get free stuff like welfare and health care and all of that living wage, if you will, $15 an hour, all that, when they discover that they can vote themselves from the public treasury, meaning voting for those who will help them get free stuff. He went on to write, from that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates promising the most benefits from the public treasury, with the result that a democracy always collapses over loose fiscal policy, always followed by a dictatorship. The average age of the world's greatest civilizations has been 200 years, These nations have progressed through this sequence, and it goes as follows. From bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to apathy, and from apathy to dependence, and from dependence back into bondage. Now, if you Google Alexander Frazier Tyler, you'll realize that he wrote this quite some time ago. Does any of this sound familiar? Any of it at all? Candidates who are promising free stuff at the behest of the government a guaranteed minimum wage, a guaranteed living wage, free health care, free educational benefits. Free, 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 and more free. The forgiveness of educational debts, i.e., college tuition. But consider none of this is free. But to throw the word free around, some candidates, well, they believe that it'll perk the ears up of some greedy, And otherwise lazy people. And it will trick them into believing they're going to get something for nothing. And so they head to the polls and they vote to get something. Well, the smart ones. Possibly something for nothing. Only to find out that they're not going to get any of it. If they get some of it, just if, cost somebody something. And it's going to cost them something as well. Think about this health care issue for a moment. The Affordable Care Act. Well, yes. It's affordable. It's affordable for those who don't work anything into it, the the act itself, who don't pay taxes, who don't work. It's affordable for those people. But for those who do work and who put something into the kitty, to pay for their own health care, it's astronomically expensive. Even the most bare-bones policy or program or whatever you want to call it, really expensive. And the premiums just keep going up. And we're talking not President Trump years, but during the Obama years and the thing about if you like your doctor you can keep your doctor well no that was a lie we're getting into the phase ladies and gentlemen of selfishness remember from courage wait we start from the top. From bondage to spiritual faith. From spiritual faith to great courage. From courage to liberty. From liberty to abundance. From abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to apathy. From apathy to dependence. From dependence back Into bondage. So. Like Alexandria. Casio Cortez. Apparently according to her. We're in the abundance stage. Because she's promising the moon. And the stars. And other shit like that. All from the federal government. And those who pay taxes. And folks are listening. So they're into the selfish phase. What comes after selfishness? Apathy. And from apathy to dependence. Because there are a lot of Americans who are dependent right now. On the government for their very survival, i.e. single mothers or mothers who didn't marry the father of their children for whatever reason or another, to elderly people who depend upon Medicaid and the fixed income of Social Security. That's, for them, dependence. A single mother with five children by four different fathers is dependent upon that monthly government stipend. Yeah. Because if she doesn't get it, guess what? She's in trouble. And the children are in trouble because she laid up with some bum and had a bunch of babies. Not a single one of the daddies was any damn good. And she just kept making bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. You, you, any one of you listening to the sound of my melodious voice know someone like that. thus, put herself in the dependent stage. Because what the government can give, the government can take away. So, perhaps there are those among us who are in both the dependent and in the bondage stage all together. What do you think about that? This is what happens when one depends on the federal government or any government in any country for their well-being and their safety and their very existence. But yet we have candidates From the far left, who are promising just that. Dependency, abundance, and then bondage. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report.
5: The hand of the clock reached the dot of 8 o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, said a voice that came from the radio receiver, a man's clear, calm, implacable voice, the kind of voice that had not been heard on the airwaves for years. Mr. Thompson will not speak to you tonight. His time is up. I have taken it over. You were to hear a report on the world crisis. That is what you are going to hear. Three gasps of recognition greeted the voice but nobody had the power to notice them among the sounds of the crowd, which were beyond the stage of cries. One was a gasp of triumph, another of terror, the third of bewilderment. Three persons had recognized the speaker. Dagny, Dr. Stadler, Eddie Willers. Nobody glanced at Eddie Willers, but Dagny and Dr. Stadler glanced at each other. She saw that his face was distorted by as evil a terror as one could ever bear to see. He saw that she knew, and that the way she looked at him was as if the speaker had flapped his face. For twelve years you have been asking, Who is John Galt? This is John Galt speaking. I am the man who loves his life. I am the man who does not sacrifice his love or his values. I am the man who has deprived you of victims, and thus has destroyed your world. And if you wish to know why you are perishing, you who dread knowledge, I am the man who will now tell you. The chief engineer was the only one able to move. He ran to a television set and struggled frantically with its dives. But the screen remained empty. The speaker had not chosen to be seen. Only his voice filled the airways of the country. Of the world, thought the chief engineer, sounding as if he were speaking here in this room, not to a group, but to one man. It was not the tone of addressing a meeting, but the tone of addressing a mob. You have heard it said that this is an age of moral crisis. You have said it yourself, half in fear, half in hope that the words had no meaning. You have cried that man's sins are destroying the world, and you have cursed human nature for its unwillingness to practice the virtues you demand. Since virtue to you consists of sacrifice, you have demanded more sacrifices at every successive disaster. In the name of a return to morality, you have sacrificed all those evils which you held as the cause of your plight. You have sacrificed justice to mercy. You have sacrificed independence to unity. You have sacrificed reason to faith. You have sacrificed wealth to need. You have sacrificed self-esteem to self-denial. You have sacrificed happiness to duty. You have destroyed all that which you held to be evil and achieved all that which you held to be good. Why then do you shrink in horror from the sight of the world around you? That world is not the product of your sins. It is the product and the image of your virtues. It is your moral ideal brought into reality in its full and final perfection. You have fought for it. You have dreamed of it. You have wished it. And I, I am the man who has granted you your wish. Your ideal had an implacable enemy, which your code of morality was designed to destroy. I have withdrawn that enemy. I have taken it out of your way and out of your reach. I have removed the source of all those evils you were sacrificing one by one. I have ended your battle. I have stopped your motive. I have deprived your world of man's mind. Men do not live by the mind, you say. I have withdrawn those who do. The mind is impotent, you say. I have withdrawn those whose mind isn't. There are values higher than the mind, you say. I have withdrawn those for whom there are While you were dragging to your sacrificial altars the men of justice, of independence, of reason, of wealth, of self-esteem, I beat you to it. I reached them first. I told them the nature of the game you were playing and the nature of that moral code of yours, which they had been too innocently generous to grasp. I showed them the way to live by another morality, mine. It is mine that they chose to follow. All the men who have vanished, the men you hated, yet dreaded to lose, it is I who have taken them away from you. Do not attempt to find us. We do not choose to be found. Do not cry that it is our duty to serve you. We do not recognize such duty. Do not cry that you need us. We do not consider need a claim. Do not cry that you own us. You don't. Do not beg us to return. We are on strike. We, the men of the mob. We are on strike against self-immolation. We are on strike against the creed of unearned rewards and unrewarded duties. We are on strike against the dogma that the pursuit of one's happiness is evil. We are on strike against the doctrine that life is guilt. There is a difference between our strike and all those you've practiced for centuries. Our strike consists not of making demands, but of granting. We are evil, according to your morality. We have chosen not to harm you any longer. We are useless, according to your economics. We have chosen not to exploit you any longer. We are dangerous and to be shackled according to your politics. We have chosen not to endanger you, nor to wear the shackles any longer. We are only an illusion according to your philosophy. We have chosen not to blind you any longer, and have left you free to face reality, the reality you wanted, the world as you see it now, a world without mind. We have granted you everything you demanded of us, we who had always been the givers, but have only now understood. We have no demands to present to you. No terms to bargain about, no compromise to reach. You have nothing to offer us. We do not need you. Are you now...
4: All right, welcome back. That was just a little bit of um, John Galt's speech in Atlas Shrugged. You know, it's always been curious to me when someone says, I live my life to serve others. That I am at your service. And it is a good man or a good woman who serves others. Think about that. I am here to serve. But to serve whom? Whom are we serving? Others. Are there really people, Americans especially, who believe that their mothers gave birth to them to see that they're placed in the service of other people And who, again, are these people that we have been put on this earth and some would say blessed to serve? I submit, like John Galt himself, that I was placed here to serve me. I am here acting in my own self-interest. I work. I live. I play. For me. Is that selfish? It sounds selfish, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But I am selfish. I make no bones about it. I exist for my own sake. Now, you, well, anyone, you're free to benefit or well, catch my fallout, if you will, of me serving me. I work for me. I work to make money so that I may buy things or enjoy something that someone else worked for, such as, um, well, seeing a movie or getting a, a massage. I worked, I earned, I paid. You see how that works? Not I worked, I got no pay, and I served. Because, you see, there's nothing in there for me It it, it all sounds so selfish when you say it out loud But each and every one of you Hearing my voice Know in your heart That you are indeed selfish And you work for you Teachers teach. For the joy of teaching? I think not. They teach to earn a living. And if, as a byproduct of earning a living, doing what they do best, or doing what they enjoy doing, they somehow benefit mankind, well, all the better. Yes, this idea of serving other people and living to serve has never, ever, in the 56 years I've been on this planet, made any sense to me. Let's get back to the cycle of democracy. If this cycle of democracy only lasts 200 years, think about it. Is the United States running on borrowed time? Think about the Democrats because that's where the focus is. Because it's only Democrats and liberal politicians who are promising something for nothing. They're the ones who are telling you that government is the answer to all of your problems, or at least the most important ones, that vote for me and I'll set you free. Rap on brother, rap on. Remember that? Uh, Temptations. Anyway, so vote for me and I'll set you free. Vote for me and I'll see that you get Free health care. Vote for me and I will wash away those pesky college debts. Vote for me and I'll see that you receive a living wage, a guaranteed income for life. Vote for me. So that I can serve you. This is what Democrat leaders tell you. This is what socialists tell you. The kind that are running right now. And even our own gubernatorial candidate. What's her name? Here in Georgia tells you that if you vote for her, she will give you stuff. That she will make a better Georgia. And that Georgia will be better off. But how is that possible? Georgia is on fire with Republican governments, governors, and with this president. How are they to make it better? when unemployment in Georgia is at the lowest it's ever been business is booming hotels are filled restaurants are filled to capacity everybody's doing well even the lowest of the low how are they to make it better you see here's the thing Democrats don't want things to be better. This low unemployment across the country, this lowest unemployment here in the state of Georgia, business booming, the economy thriving, all of that is bad news for Democrats because they need bad news. They need the economy to be bad. They need the economy to be in the doldrums. They need bad things to happen so that they can promise you good things. You see, now, Democrats, especially Stacey Abrams, she can't promise you better because we 're doing damn good right now. None of these Democrats can promise you a better America when America is operating on all cylinders right now. You know, I talked to a friend of mine earlier uh, today, and you know she said well i 'm concerned about trump 's tone, and i 'm concerned about what he says." And the things he says and the things he tweets. And I said, listen, Toots. It's not about what he says. It's about what he does. Remember what your daddy taught you. Talk is cheap. Don't rely on what a a person says. Judge a person by what they do. And if Donald John Trump is to be judged based on what he's done, then he is most likely the greatest president we've had so far. Set aside your disdain for the man because he talks about grabbing a woman or or spoke about grabbing a woman by the genitalia because we've all talked about that. You just haven't heard us out loud. Your daddy, your mama, your boyfriend, your brother, your pastor, that you go to church every Sunday and put money in the collection plate, i.e. his pocket, talks about grabbing a woman by the buttocks, by the bosom, or by the... Her genitalia. We do that. We're men. Trump just got caught saying it out loud for posterity. But remember, your daddy, little girl, and you know who I'm talking to, probably said I've done a lot worse than that. So don't judge the president. By his misogynist behavior. Because that dude you're smiling and grinning at and thinking about right now, he's probably thinking about grabbing you by the you-know-what right now. Or worse, someone else. Judge a man by what he says. Judge a man by what he does. And if you judge President Donald John Trump by his actions... And you will vote for him in 2020 if he decides to run or and you will vote republican in less than 2 weeks now let's talk a little bit about the killings that went on in the synagogue Now, this poor, unfortunate lunatic from the far right, and we know those in the far right, far, 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 well, they don't like Jews, and they don't like blacks, and they don't like Hispanics, and they don't like anybody who's not white and not Jewish. And not black, and not Hispanic, and not Asian, what have you. So he goes and shoots up a synagogue and kills quite a few good people. He stated that he's not a Republican. He stated that he doesn't care for Trump out loud he stated that Trump is not a nationalist, Trump is a globalist He's talked and continues to chatter on about his disdain for Republicans for Trump and for Jews not necessarily in that order and yet lo and behold The media has attempted to play you and me for fools and state outright or the worst or the best of them just subtly suggest that somehow Trump is responsible either directly or indirectly for the shooting and that this poor soul who's probably going to fry is aligned with Trump and that Trump's rhetoric his anti-Semitic rhetoric fueled this mass murder. How interesting. Do these people think we're stupid? I mean, even you liberals out there. They must Think you're really dumb. I mean, or the fact that you don't—you haven't been watching the news or you don't know anything that's been going on in the Trump administration over the last two years. Or not the fact that Trump's daughter is a converted Jew and that her husband, Jared, is a Jew from birth and the great-grandson of a Holocaust survivor… Not that. They're they're, they're counting on you not knowing that. And they're also counting on you not knowing that it was Trump who declared uh, Jerusalem, the capital of of Israel, and that Trump was the first and only president to visit the Wailing Wall. And that Trump canceled that $160 billion $120 a hundred and twenty billion dollar deal with uh a hundred and twenty trillion I forgot how much it is it's a lot with uh that country Iran that consistently chants death to Israel he kanked that whole deal so the media c n n MSNBC, and every other liberal media outlet is counting on your ignorance. (laughs) It's really kind of funny, really, when you think about it. They're counting on your ignorance when they state that somehow Trump's rhetoric fueled that violence. That somehow Trump... This person is aligned with Trump based on his rhetoric. Are you that stupid? I mean, can we talk? Can we just be real? It's just me and you. I mean, seriously? And how sad was it? How ironic, how, well, how deliciously hilarious was it? When Caesar, Sayak turned out to be Hispanic all the way. Not like um, that dude who shot Trayvon Zimmerman, who was like half Hispanic. No, he's all the way Hispanic. I, I don't know whether he's Cuban or Puerto Rican or what, to be honest with you he is not aligned with any hate group he's not aligned with any right wing extremist he just loves trump and he loves what the president is doing so he created 15 16 i don't know maybe even 20 or 30 pipe bombs sent them out in various places not a single one could be detonated but that doesn't matter really Not a single one had a detonator, so they weren't going to explode. Sent them all out to teach a lesson to these people and these news media outlets that keep messing with his man, Donald John Trump. Now, the guy's out there where the buses don't run. We can see that just by the look on his face. Misguided? Mm Mm-hmm. Crazy as a loon. Oh, yeah. Deserves to spend quite a few years in uh, Florence, Colorado. Supermax. Underground prison. Been there. Took a tour. Was glad to get some fresh air when it was all over. But the media says that it's Trump's fault That this clown went nuts and did his thing. Now, I'm going to tell you this right here and now. I can't stand Barack Hussein Obama. I couldn't stand the man when I met him in 98 in Chicago. He had the weakest handshake, he struck me as being quite the pussy. And For him to ascend to the U.S. Senate, I thought, oh, he won't last long, this little skinny, big eared fucker. Then he ascended to the presidency, and I was like, oh, damn. Hail to the gnaw. No. Okay. Then he showed his true colors, somehow was reelected in 2012. But the greatest gift, the greatest gift of all, the greatest gift that Barack Hussein Obama gave us, wrapped in a pretty bow, was Donald John Trump. So thank you, Obama, for 12 years of bullshit and apathy and lethargy. Because your weakness, your incompetence, Well, you gave us perhaps the greatest president that this country is probably going to know. So thank you, Barack, you candy-ass, big-eared fucker. See, I don't like the man, but I have never advocated harming him or any other politician, ever. And I probably dislike Obama and his hideous wife, Just as much as Caesar loves Donald Trump. You see, I'm just, hmm, I'm just a graham cracker short of crazy. And maybe, Sayoc, Caesar, is all the whole damn graham cracker box. So, don't blame Trump for Caesar Sayoc's craziness. Because there are crazy people walking around all over the place. Today, I just happened to be down on Pryor Street in Atlanta. Sirens wailing, police cars flying about. Well, apparently, number 15 was found at the post office downtown, in downtown Atlanta, right where I happened to be standing. With my hard hat on and my vest and a brand spanking new sledgehammer 16 pounder from Home Depot brand new i hated to break break concrete with that that brand new that brand new sledgehammer cuz it's so pretty and it just felt so good in my hands i got to tell you i got it right here in this room I love my sledgehammer. But I'm not going to take it and hit some damn liberal in the head with it. (sighs) If anything happens, derogatory or negative, somehow Trump is to blame. Oh, I just got into a fender bender over on 85 South. That damn Trump. He has done it again. <sighs> oh, dub my toe. Getting up in the middle of the night to go pee. Trump, you son of a so-and-so. It's all your fault. Liberals are blaming Trump for the sun coming up in the morning and setting later on that evening. It's all Trump's fault. But you know what? Trump is doing the damn thing, and he's doing such a great job, and I am so very proud of him. And I can't believe I only have eight minutes and 31 seconds left because this has been so much fun. And all those damn callers – I'm going to mean to say damn – all my callers who have been waiting to get on, I am so sorry. But we're almost out of time. You folks in the chat room, thank you so much. You've been keeping me entertained while I've been having – while I've been talking. We're going to take one more short break And we're going to come back And we're going to close out the show Is America racist? No, of course not We'll be right back
3: People come to internet radio For any number of reasons Among the reasons are perhaps they're tired Of the pasteurized homogenized news That they get from their TV Or some may want their talk radio A little more raw Well, that's what you get with internet talk radio Real people with real opinions that give you real conversation. It's not just daddy's talk radio, and it's for people who stay informed and a great way to share ideas and debate issues. Oh, let's just say that Internet Talk Radio folks don't sit in front of the makeup mirror before they go on the air. Internet Talk Radio is a fast-growing new media that allows folks to get around the dinosaur media. We are America United, this is a network of patriotic radio hosts bringing you honest discussion and discourse that will keep you riveted all day. Check out radio.waaumedia.com
2: Oh, no, 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 Taylor. I'm not taking pie from you. I'm giving pie to me. You see, I... Uh, I didn't have any pie, so I gave pie to me. Now, I don't have any pie, so I'm not taking pie from you. I'm giving pie to me. Hmm. I don't have any more pie, and you do you don't understand, Teller, I'm not taking pie from you, I'm giving pie to me. Thank for cutting that piece. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, neither one of us has any pie, so we'll find someone else who has pie, we won't take the pie from them. We'll give it to us. Now, where does Bill Gates live? Well,
4: welcome back. That is a very humorous and rudimentary lesson in wealth redistribution. I'm not taking money out of your purse. I'm giving money out of your purse to me I'm not taking your tax dollars I'm giving your tax dollars to me so remember you liberals out there who are listening to the show the next time your car is stolen or your credit card is boosted or misused or anything of that sort. Remember, the person who's doing it is probably poor. And that's why they're doing it. So, they're not stealing from you. No, they're not stealing from you. They're giving to themselves. They're not taking from you. They're giving to themselves. And so, thus, they shouldn't be prosecuted, right? Right? Because they didn't have the advantages you had. Those poor people. So the next time you're held at Knife Point in Piedmont Park and your watch and wallet are demanded and your purse and that fine necklace and that engagement or wedding ring remember this is a poor person who had it hard who who didn't have all the educational pursuits and they they just had it rough remember they're not taking from you they're giving to them and be kind and don't call a cop well you've been listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones situation report with me your host Dr. C. Robert Jones and I will look in on you tomorrow I want to thank you for listening There's so many things you could be doing, and you've taken the time to listen to my show, and I do so appreciate you for it. And we'll talk again tomorrow. We're going to have some fun because there's so much craziness going on. There's so much more to talk about, and I promise we'll take some callers tomorrow. All right? But if you don't want to call in, join us in our chat room and share your your opinions that way. Anyway, good night, folks. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Celebrate a brother home. I'm out.